Hi, it's Bobby Blosser from Rat. How are you? I'll just preface this saying, you know, Bo Hill had nothing to do with Detonator. He came in and reached for the sky. And um, because the label and the band were in shock at the finish, we didn't hear any of the finished product, which was normal on a couple of the records where Steven wasn't ready. He would take our rhythm tracks of the songs we would write, okay? And Steven likes to tell everybody he wrote every song. Steven would rewrite Strawberry Fields Forever if he could, you know, to get his name on it. I'm not saying that he didn't write good songs. Thank you, Steven. He did write some good songs. But not in Reach for the Sky, we had to redo all the vocals. And then Atlantic said, we're bringing Bo Hill back in. I think Bo was pretty crafty with helping Steven along with his melodies and his lyrics. And um, he was probably the only one, you know, at that time. Maybe Crosby, a little bit of Crucier, you know. But he, uh, definitely Bo was, and I'll, I'll give it up to him because I really wouldn't want to work with him again, but, you know, thanks for the help. He did a great job on the records and the rest was, is history, you know. So. <laughs> Well, I remember getting, I was remodeling my house in 1992, and we had just finished the Detonator tour in 91, and we, we ended at halfway point, through the halfway point. We just weren't getting along. We were seeing, we were in arenas that are, you know, 16,000 seaters, drawing 7,000 people. It was not, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun, we were, you know, Juan and I were, battling with Steven and Warren. So then when we broke up in 92, I was in the middle of remodeling my house and I was like, all right, well, I guess I got a year off, maybe two, turn it into five. You know, it was it had its upside being with my family, but the downside was watching everybody from the 80s just go, you know, that sucked. That fucking sucked. It was hard to to accept and see. If I would go up to Hollywood, I lived in Redondo Beach, if I would go up, I would run into guys from Whitesnake or guys from Motley or guys from this band and this and that. All these multi-platinum bands are always like, you know, fuck, dude, what, can you believe? And I'm like, I can't even go out anymore. I can't hear this. You know what I mean? It was humbling at best or at worst, depending on how you look at it, you know? But we came, we came sailing out again in 97. And we haven't stopped working since, really, except for 2011, 12, 13, 14. And without me going out last year, spending a lot of vacation time with my family, you know, snow skiing, going out on our boat all summer, like Havasu, being a dad, trying to trying to keep things afloat. At that particular time, you know, point in time, you know, I had quite a bit of property and a monthly nut of about probably 25, 30,000 bucks a month, you know? So when you are not working and you're watching it go out and not come in, it goes quick. And this year, 
that would have been six more years that these guys kept us off the road. And this ain't fair, man. It ain't fair to the fans who want to see this. A lot of people your age, mid-20s, early 20s, even, you know, 17, 18, there's a lot of, you know, different levels of age that know the tunes are coming out. They've heard it. They, I don't know where they hear it from. They're, they're grandmothers or something. I don't know if they're that young. I mean, but they love it. As the funny and uncomfortable and fucked up thing for me involving Infestation is it is a great record. That record would have fit right in between Invasion and Cellar or Invasion and Dance Undercover, whatever. It's, it's a great rap record. That would have came out in 85, 86. It would have been four or five times platinum for sure, in my opinion. But it was... Steven was not any, uh, how Elvis Basquet, who was the producer of that record, got the performances out of Steven I, is beyond me. I can't even fathom how he achieved that. And it was a very, um, it was a hard work environment in that, you know, there just, there was controlling factions in this band. And I won't name his name, but Warren was so controlling that he made it impossible to, you know, do your job at your own ability. You know what I mean? It was super uncomfortable. And we all lived in this house on a beach, beautiful beach in Virginia. Very inspirational because it was a big glass wall and I had the view of the ocean. I was very inspired. I did my tracks, um, 12 songs in three days, and I was out of there. I didn't really want to be out of there because of the beach. I love the beach, but... You know, they wanted to do some more songs that we didn't want to do as all the people voting in the band, but Warren was pushing, pushing, pushing for these songs that weren't really being accepted by the band, you know? But I know Steven had some real personal struggles in doing that, and I wasn't there to see it, and I'm glad because I don't like stress, and that would have stressed me out. But I, I love that record. Well, what stops a lot of things, Warren Martini's controlling issues, you know? Um, he was very unhappy that he didn't write the single, first and or second single, didn't want to play them, convinced Stephen that the records, you know, sucked, which it didn't. Um, he became very anti, I mean, because he didn't get his way, and uh, you know, it wasn't for any reason other than we let Elvis be the voting, the you know, the, the final vote, you know? And he couldn't accept that because him and I, for so long, had control of the band. Steven was out, Juan was gone for 20 years. God rest his soul, Robin Crosby, that was, when he passed away, man, the chemistry flipped in this band, you know? I was very at ease with getting business done with Robin. He was very reasonable level-headed, you know? And that's, I think him and I were the only ones that were like that in this band. I'm not trying to sound conceited or anything like that, but that's, in my opinion, that's the way it was. Steven and, and Warren, not good, man. They're just not good business guys. And proofs in the pudding for a lot of things in the way things went. I mean, I could, I have diagrammed them in my book, you know, to, a certain degree because we were touring when I wrote that book and put it out. So I didn't completely want to smash them 
with a big sledgehammer, other than for real. I'm just kidding. Um, I do love the guys, you know. But, you know, they just made it a little harder than it needed to be. We've had a million good times, we've had a couple million bad times. Well, it wasn't as much as depressing as it might have been shocking to run into other people that I've known forever that were in famous bands that were just everybody's blown away that grunge had just snuffed us out like a cigarette in an ashtray. No smoke. That's it. It's over. You're done. Really? Do I have a say in this? Yeah, no, it's just, um, it just was shocking. It was depressing to hear and just to see everybody talking about it made it even worse. You know what I mean? I don't know. I have some other stories about that I won't share, but you'd be surprised at some of the people that had so much money that were all of a sudden going, <laughs> I'm renting a place over. It's just, it was unbelievable. But metal prevails. Metal's never going away. People love 80s metal, and we love rock and roll. They love rock and roll. Thank you. <laughs>